last week on the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. The fact that you just said that Tyler Irvin's dead proves that you didn't listen to anything we talked about on the show. And no, he's no one. Arya is no one, but she's someone. He's not someone. He's no one. You know the definition of no one, right? He's nobody. That's not true. He's somebody. And we've loved Stefan Diggs since I was in the womb. I'm also much older than Stefan Diggs, so figure that one out. Math people. And it was like double Dutch jump rope. And I was like, okay, when am I going? When am I going? And you had this hot take on Thielen. I'm like, Jesus, he's saying everything. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. And right. They roll out the red carpet with the finest trim as they should. And it's the best way to go out on a sweatpant boner. And is this the time when you think people start masturbating to the show? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Liss. You can find me on Twitter at an outraged Jew. And with me, as always, is Mr. Matt Kelly. You can find him on Twitter at fantasy underscore mansion. What is happening, Matt? Oh, what's not happening? I am I enjoying know. life at my parents' house in northern Maine, letting the nostalgia wash over me. I, I can tell you're in a different location. I can see the... The decor is different around you. Um, you took me on a bit of a pre-tour, showed me some knickknacks on the wall. It's quaint. Um, you said you've been farming. Parents uh, have a ranch. I wouldn't call it a ranch, Nate. It's a farm. We're baling hay still. I feel like my dad delayed the baling season <laughs> just so that he could punish me. But yes, I was out on the tractor today baling hay. I did that. The werewolf drinking a martini. Wearing a tuxedo also drives tractors. You wouldn't believe it. I He showed me a picture of it, so I've seen it. It's authentic. It's pretty unbelievable to hear. I am the American dream. <laughs> oh, God. I am. I am the American dream. A lot of listeners contact the show at Sonic Truth Pod at Roto Underworld. Email us, rotounderworld at gmail.com, asking... How can I start my own podcast? How can I get more involved in fantasy football? How can I get more involved in Roto Underworld and the Sonic Truth podcast? You just got to do it. I did put this out there to the people on Twitter. We tweeted it out from the Sonic Truth account. I tweeted it out from my own account. You retweeted. I asked people, hey, what do you want me to ask Matt Kelly? Because this week, we're going to go a little bit off script. We're going to ask some questions. Uh, Matt wanted me to do a show where it was 60-40 questions in football. He said... Keep the questions more on the 60% not football related. Well, that's because my goal is to spite the audience. I want to provoke the audience. I want to agitate the audience. I mean, this is fantasy football season. This is peak fantasy football information season. The fantasy gamer does not want banter on August 17th, Nate Liss. They want fantasy football strategy. They want tips. They want sleepers. Strategy, tips, sleepers. Strategy, tips, sleepers. So what do we do? What do we do after a full year of giving you strategies, tips, and sleepers in 
February, in March, in April, in May, in June, in July. What do we do in mid-August? In mid-August, we give those people the mainstream, knucklehead, cliche fantasy gamers, we give them a middle finger. Yes. Because if you haven't been with us all along, and you don't get the show by now, and you're just driving by, rolling your window down, looking for some quick advice for your fantasy draft next week, here's a middle finger. And you can do with it what you want. Shove it wherever you see fit. Because we're not giving you tips and tricks and little strategies. And we're not walking through the rankings for you like the typical fantasy broadcast. I mean, there's plenty of them out there that are just doing the fantasy show they think the people want. I don't care what you want. We do this show for us so much so that at the moment, the pinnacle of fantasy football prep season, we just may talk zero football today. And the people that know this show and have been listening to this show for a long time, they're going to love it. It's my job to sort of corral this show. It's been a lot of farming and, and ranching conversations. So I'm gonna... Why do you keep saying ranching? We're on the East Coast. No one ranches in Maine. Ranches are in the Midwest. There's no ranches here, bro. There's no ranches here. Whoa! Wait, hitting me with my own word? Look, here's the deal. Somebody contact the show. What is the definition of a ranch? Is it based on having horses? We don't have ranches here. And the reason why, by the way, this show has already derailed and it will never get back on the tracks is because for the first time all year, I was not responsible for the show sheet. I said, Nate, I'm traveling. Technically, I'm on vacation, but we're doing a show anyway because the people want it and the people that get this show don't care what it's about. They just want the Sonic Truth podcast. So do me a favor, Nate, for the first time, you prepare the show. Yes. You drive the conversation. So now we get a chance to see what Nate Liss can put together. This is not the mind of mansion powering the show. This is the mind of an outraged Jew. We get to see what your prep looks like. We get to see the burning questions on your mind. So if you want to talk a lot of football, we'll end up talking a lot of football. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I haven't looked at the show sheet. This show is your responsibility. Whatever happens from this moment forward is on you. What do you got for us, Nate? Man, I'm excited. I'm doing an episode for the people because it is fantasy football season, and I'm not ready to give a middle finger to all the people that want to hear the rankings. I think we should do a top 10 ranking. Here we go. Totally football related. First question. What is the most ridiculous song lyric you have ever heard? I'm proud of you had me, man. You had me. I was recoiling at the preface to that question. And then you hit me with a great question. And I have an answer for you. This is an easy one. This is the easiest question I'm going to get all night. It's from the song Maggie May by Rod Stewart. Steal my daddy's cue and make a living out of playing pool. What? <laughs> what? Steal my daddy's cue and make a living out of playing pool. First of all, if you're any kind of pool player, you call it billiards. And second of all, you get your own pool cue. It's like Harry Potter. The cue chooses you. 
You don't choose the cue, and you certainly don't steal someone else's cue. If you're any good at pool, the last thing that you would ever consider is stealing another man's cue. And your dad's cue? Your dad's cue? Wait a second, let me get this straight. So you're not a very good pool player, clearly. But you think by stealing your dad's pool cue, that will allow you to become a professional pool player? What? No! Not even close! So it's a dead giveaway that he's terrible at pool, and he could never make a living at pool. Because every good billiards player knows you eventually acquire your own style and your own pool cue, and it becomes your own. And you would never dream of stealing someone else's pool cue, much less your father. And if your father's serious about pool, then you stealing his pool cue would essentially nuke your relationship. So let me get this straight. You're career searching. And the answer to your career search is, A, I'm going to play pool, which I'm clearly not very good at, but I'm going to make a profession out of it. I'm going to go pro at billiards, something I'm not even good at. And then I'm going to nuke my relationship with my father to do it. What are you talking about, Rod Stewart? It's the most ridiculous sentence ever uttered in the history of rock and roll. Can I ask you two questions about this lyric that stand out to me? One, I mean, a guy. What that do you can't think? You think pool. his father's not going to come after the pool cue? You think his father doesn't know all the pool halls in the area? His father owns his own pool cue. He probably owns his own pool cue because he knows all the places where people play pool. They can just steal his pool cue and what? Move to Guam to play pool where all the professional pool players are? No, he's going to find you and he's going to beat you with his pool cue and take it back, Rod. Sounds like a really good premise for like Taken 4 with Liam Neeson. This this time he didn't lose a daughter. He lost a pool cue and he's going to... I'm going to beat Rod Stewart with a pool cue if I ever see him because of how ridiculous that lyric was. Does anyone even make <laughs> a living playing pool? I mean, I right. question whether the best billiards players in the world even make a living just playing pool. It seems a lot like bowling where it's a hobby where you make some money, but it's not your full-time profession, like being an NFL referee. Nothing about that line, that lyric, makes any fucking sense. Can I ask you another question about that lyric? Assuming Rod Stewart was probably in his mid-20s at the time, is calling his father daddy weird? Yes, of course it is. What are you, five? He's a five-year-old that wants to strike out on his own and start playing pool full-time. And the answer is, I'm going to steal my daddy's cue. Grow up, Rod. Get a real job. Okay. Oh, that was... Why don't you start analyzing fantasy football like the rest of us? Speaking of which, that leads us into this next question about analyzing fantasy football. You're going to love this. I reached out to the people on Twitter. I said, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. We can't just move on to the next question. What's... Your least favorite song lyric. I heard that one and that, that instantly jumped right in there. I don't. Maggie Mae is offensive to me. Uh, what's the man? I didn't. I wasn't prepared to respond to this question, but of course you're not prepared. It, hold on. It, it would have to be Katy Perry with her, her lines. Something like oh, blowing like a paper bag in the wind or a plastic bag in the wind. Like maybe one of the worst. What are you attempts. talking about? That's from Forrest Gump. It's like a simile. No, it's not. The song came out like three years ago. Forrest Gump came out over 10 years ago. Way over 10 years ago. Right. It's, like... it's a reference to Forrest Gump. 
No, no way. That was a great scene in Forrest Gump. You don't remember that scene in Forrest Gump? I don't even remember Forrest Gump that well. It was okay. It was okay. It's not Tom Hanks' best movie. You think Forrest Gump was overrated? <laughs> no, I don't. I just don't think it was that good. I think it was fairly rated. I just personally didn't like no, it. No, people think it's great. So you think Forrest Gump's overrated. I mean, it is pretty ridiculous. I mean, the plot line of Forrest Gump, I mean, please. Look, I could have written most of it. I mean, really? Really? If he's going to be the best running back at the University of Alabama and then I, be the best I mean. fisherman and then be the best ultra marathoner, like everything he does, he's just the best at and he's the best soldier in Vietnam. I mean, please. Yeah. Please. The greatest war hero. I mean, and he's, you know, he's special needs to a sense, right? I mean, there's a lot that was working against him and he overcame all of it. You don't need to say special needs. That's implied. Everyone knows it's... Forrest Gump. You don't need to go to the extent of saying, by the way, everyone, Forrest Gump was a special needs person. You don't need to say that. First off, that was the PC way to say it. And secondly, it... You don't need to bring it up. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter if he's special needs or not. It doesn't matter if he's an astronaut coming back from the moon. You don't go okay. out and be the best fisherman, the best soldier, the best ultramarathoner, the best college football player, just because. Movie's absurd. Suspension of disbelief goes to a certain place, a certain threshold of suspension of disbelief, and Forrest Gump overshot the mark. Overrated movie. I'm with you. Forrest Gump overrated. Here's the thing. You can convince me of Forrest Gump being successful at all those things. Not an astronaut. We're not even going... It's not even in the right... I didn't say that he was an astronaut. I said even if you were an astronaut, if you were that level of physical and mental acumen, the idea that you would be that successful in so many fields, it's ridiculous. You just had a knack. That's where the running came from. We should move on to the next question. I don't even know how this happened. What happened was you were wrong about the Katy Perry lyric. It elicited great imagery, and you've rarely been more wrong in your life than your assessment of Katy Perry's lyric about the plastic bag in the wind. Okay, first off, but, 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 thankfully, it brought you to the hot take that I agree with, that Forrest Gump's overrated. Okay, Katy Perry's overrated, too, while we're on the subject, and don't give her so much credit. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind, wanting to start again? How does the plastic bag start again? What does it go back to the grocery store and go back on those two hooks? Where does it start? <laughs> that's fair. No, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. That lyric isn't as good as I thought. That's an overrated lyric. You're right. You're right. You're, you're doing really well. You're in charge of this show tonight, and it's going well. This is going well, Nate. Don't tilt. Don't tilt on us. Keep going with this. You're, you're doing great. Okay. This I know this one's going to work. This was from a tweeter. I reached out. I said, hey, ask me questions. I'll ask Matt for you. Let me be your voice. A tweeter said, would Matt assess my roster live on the show, please? No. Run your own damn fantasy team. I don't care. I love receiving tweets, asking for advice. And then just ignoring them. I love just scrolling past. Every time someone asks me, should I pick up Player X? Should I trade Player X? What do you think of my roster? I grin every time I scroll past that person. And just ignore the existence of that question. Because who the fuck do you think you are? You think this is my job? That I just give free advice? 
do you think I have nothing better to do than just look at my phone and hope people ask me questions so I could answer them? Random knuckleheads on Twitter. I don't care about you. You're nothing to me. Guy with a Twitter account tempted to send me a question on Twitter.com. I'm looking at you right now. I'm looking at you right now. I don't care about you. The fate of your team doesn't matter. I don't care. Ask literally any other fantasy expert and they will happily participate in this masturbatory behavior. I will not. My time is worth money. Which takes us to Maisie. Yeah, we should talk about Maisie. Maisie is a great app. We talk about it week after week after week. It's the first collaboration app that is fantasy football focused. They've done major... And they pay us money, which is important. And they do pay us money. Do you think we would talk about them on the show if they didn't pay us money? Please. Please. We're going to talk about overrated rock songs and Oscar award-winning movies. Unless someone pays us to talk about something else. Yeah, and Forrest Gump didn't deserve any of the hype that it got. However... Or if there's literally anything to talk about in the world of football, but there's not right now. There's preseason games that are meaningless. Go ahead. Well, let's talk about some of the cool features of Maisie. Like we talked about before, they updated the look of it. It looks really nice now. They've cleaned it up. They've changed some of the layout of it. And a couple of the new features that we haven't talked about. One, the GIF generator. What are your thoughts about the GIF generator? I love GIFs. It's actually GIFs. Now, people say, well, why don't you say GIF? Why don't you say GIF? Most people say GIF. The originator of the technology calls it GIF. Until he changes his mind, I'm going to call it GIF. It was originally pronounced GIF, and if someone somewhere along the way decided to change the pronunciation to GIF, that's fine. I mean, you can go with the new pronunciation. You can call it America if you want. I'm going to call it America. Okay, that that's really close on those two. I would say that it's more like tomato and tomato. Very different sounding. Very different sounding. America? You think... Or America? You think the first guy that found a tomato? Uh, America? No. I don't call it uh, America. I call it America. I think all that ranching has gone to your head. All right. The GIF generator is sweet. It's it GIF. makes conversations... It's GIF. It's GIF. Just call it GIF. Like... No. The peanut butter. Get Dave GIF on here to tell me how to say it right, and maybe I will. Pretend it's J-I-F. Well, how about the word gnome? It's got a G. I don't call it gnome, right? Doesn't matter. Anyways, moving on. The thing about Maisie. The person who invented GIFs calls it GIFs. That's what matters. Is his last name GIF? Burning question. This has become really bad radio. This is where we devolve to. When you're in charge of the show, you start asking questions like, is the originator of the GIF technology's last name GIF? Of course not. Here's the thing. You're the one that interjects. Let me finish the take on Maisie, the greatest collaborative fantasy-focused app. It's amazing. I think it's amazing. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, it is amazing. No, no. Say it like this. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty close. Pretty good. First try. Try it at home. If you're in your car, if you're at home alone, doesn't matter where you are. If there's people around, try saying it just like this. Amazing. It's probably better to try it by yourself, actually. <laughs> One of the coolest parts, though, about Maisie is 
what it does for activity. I mean, have you experienced where Maisie really goes off some days versus others? I mean, what about it? Oh, when Ezekiel Elliott was suspended, I loved being on Maisie. Maisie's traffic and activity spiked. Questions about who's next up on the depth chart. Mocking individuals that own Ezekiel Elliott. The panic sweeping over. Ezekiel Elliott owners, those that already owned Darren McFadden celebrating, my phone was shaking. It was shaking in my pocket because of Maisie when Ezekiel Elliott was suspended. It was a beautiful thing because everything is consolidated into one app. You can see all your channels across all your leagues, all your conversations, instead of going and logging in to every single different individual fantasy league and checking the message board. Enough already. Get on Maisie. M-A-Z-E-Y in the App Store. Download it now. That is all. It's amazing. Okay, I got a question for you, Matt. Are you familiar with the eclipse that is going to take place uh, this coming Monday? I've heard about this. Yes, I've heard about this. I'm excited about it. Not really. It's going to be dark in the middle of the day for a little while. I mean, that's supposed to be a big deal. Really? Really? It's going to be dark in the middle of the day. It's dark every night. This isn't special. I love how people think this is some kind of special event. It's dark every night for at least eight hours, unless you live in Alaska. This isn't special. We're familiar with nighttime. We're familiar with darkness. It's just going to happen at a different hour than we're used to. Enough with the eclipse talk. I don't care. Well, here in central Oregon, they're saying that it's going to have the best visibility of anywhere in the country. Congratulations. What do you want, a cookie? I don't know what kind of cookies you got. There's 2.2 million people that are coming here for it. So traffic is jammed. There's no fuel. The grocery stores are out of most foods. Stop it. Stop it. So the people in Southern Oregon are treating this eclipse like a potential apocalypse. The the National Guard is coming out to help with this thing. That's how many people there are going to be. Stop it. Stop. Don't. That's not right. They can't be right. No, it's it's serious. I was reading this. Wait, people are traveling from all across the country to go to Oregon to watch it be dark for a little while? They are saying that Interstate 5, which is the freeway that runs north and south here on the West Coast, they're saying that it is going to be the worst traffic in the history of the country. These people are marks. All of them. All of them. If any of these individuals are in your fantasy league who are traveling to Oregon to watch this eclipse, if they own David Johnson, you should be offering them a trade because they will accept it. These people are suckers. But I am open to this eclipse having special meaning if it can somehow, someway unlock Jeff Janis. Because this might be it, right? You could see, right? You could see the year in which the solar eclipse happens. This is the year of the Jeff Janis breakout. I mean, I will worship the eclipse if and only if it results in a Jeff Janis breakout. I just cannot draft Jordy Nelson. I can't draft Devontae Adams. I am drafting Randall Cobb because he's just so affordable. I can't help it. I think Randall Cobb's going to be the 2B to Devontae Adams 2A. I think the ADP differential between Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb is just too wide. I think they're much more similar than the ADP suggests. But because the Jeff Janis breakout is coming and it's signaled by this eclipse, I can't get too excited about many Green Bay Packers 
wide receivers. Unfortunately, though, I've learned that, like John Brown, Ty Montgomery has the sickle cell trait. And the problem with the sickle cell trait is it elongates the healing process. It takes much longer for muscles and connective tissue to heal if you have this trait. And now we see that Ty Montgomery is missing time with a mysterious leg issue. Those of us that own John Brown and Dynasty have been down this road. And it makes perfect sense because I was the most vocal Ty Montgomery enthusiast throughout this offseason. I've been advocating for Ty Montgomery. Do whatever it takes to get him on your fantasy team. He's David Johnson light. If one of your league mates is not traveling to Oregon to watch the Eclipse and you can't get David Johnson from that sucker, well, try to trade for Ty Montgomery. That was the advice. And now he might be the John Brown of running backs. This is so upsetting and I'm mad! This makes me very unhappy. This all started with the uh, the claim that Jeff Janis would have his breakout due to the solar eclipse. This such solar eclipse that hasn't been around for like 100 years. Did you just say sexual eclipse? People hear what they want to hear, Matt. I think it's it's kind of like the Jeff Janis breakout. We've been hearing about that forever. It's like it's like the White Walkers are coming is what the Jeff Janis breakout feels like. It's not it will not happen. I think Sexual Eclipse sounds like a great song title. Sounds like a good band. There's going to be enough people down there. There probably will be a Sexual Eclipse. Something. I don't know. Right? It's a pretty loose community. Okay. So let me get to this this buzzard email. Okay, despite the fact that we just talked about Jeff Janis and and the Ty Montgomery take, l- let's go football one more time. Let's let's double dip here. We've seen him play in one preseason game, three catches, 52 yards, two touchdowns, I believe. Just recently started playing with the first team this week. Evan Silva boasted him on our show. Kenny Galladay, Detroit Lions. Is he for real? Are you buying? Are you selling? What's the deal? Evan Silva boasted him? Evan Silva loved Kenny Galladay. He was talking about him on the show. I'm surprised. Is that the opposite of roasting him? Is boasting him? Yeah, I don't think they're opposites, but I could see how, yes, they could qualify probably. Yeah, Kenny Galladay's ADP is a fireworks display in the sky and for good reason. I talked earlier about how there's no impactful news other than this Ty Montgomery injury and Bruce Arians claiming that John Brown may not have a role on the team if he can't get healthy. Well, there hasn't been significant football news that would influence fantasy rankings in the last week. There just hasn't been any. Except this whole Kenny Galladay thing. The Kenny Galladay phenomenon is interesting. We've been talking about Kenny Galladay for a long time. We liked Kenny Galladay at Northern Illinois. Kenny Galladay was one of a handful of small school size speed specimens, and we identified him as the best of the small school size speed specimens. He also went to a school that was larger than the other schools, certainly larger than Marion College, where Krishan Hogan went. I mean, Northern Illinois played some legitimate programs. What conference is Northern Illinois in? Can you tell me who they played? This is a callback from about 15 episodes ago. Do you... Who are some of the teams that Kenny Galladay played in college? Well, I believe they play in the Missouri Valley Conference, or is it the MAC? Come on, bro. You should know this. You tell me. You tell me. I don't know. 
You're the one that brought up who the teams that he played. You remember when I did this on an episode? I brought up the schedule that a guy played, and you go, tell me who he played. Who was who on the schedule? And I think I got grilled for about four minutes. What I'm saying is he was playing against opponents whose stadiums were not just in cornfields. They had an actual stadium with seats and a press box and locker rooms. That's all I'm saying. And when you go to the Kenny Galladay profile, he has the most complete profile of any wide receiver in this year's draft class. I mean, this is the thing we've been marveling about for quite some time. And then he goes to a team that has no number three receiver. Anquan Bolden's gone. Once Anquan Bolden leaves before Kenny Galladay was drafted, the number three receiver on the Lions depth chart was TJ Jones. Do you even know who TJ Jones is? I do, but I just do not care about T.J. Jones. No one cares about T.J. Jones. Kenny Galladay, 6'4", close to 220 pounds, runs a 4'5 flat. To put that in context, that's a 110.7, 92nd percentile height-adjusted speed score. There are very, very, very few 220-pound wide receivers that run a 4'5'0 or faster. So immediately he has the size and the speed to fit that prototypical X-receiver fantasy WR1 prototype that we chase. Look at the other measurables, burst score, agility score, both above the 50th percentile, and it gets better. The breakout age, 19.8. He broke out at North Dakota. He was North Dakota's leading receiver as a sophomore and then decided to transfer. He said, I'm bigger, I'm better than North Dakota, I'm transferring to Northern Illinois. So he had to sit out a year, and then he ended up posting a 41.8%, 83rd percentile dominator rating at Northern Illinois. He delivered what we ask of wide receivers, and that's to translate exceptional athleticism into efficient on-field production, to be dominant. If you're big and athletic, you better be dominant. Cody Latimer couldn't do it. Cordell Patterson couldn't do it. Jalen Strong couldn't do it. We criticize players that are underperforming their athleticism at the college level. All Kenny Galladay did at North Dakota and at Northern Illinois was to meet or exceed his athleticism in terms of percentile-based college dominance. He did it at a young age, and he did it with an incredible share of the receiving yards and touchdowns at Northern Illinois, well over 40%. So this is a dominant producer that has the stature and the athleticism to be a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL, in fantasy football. It's why he should have been a first-round pick in rookie drafts. We talked about getting him in the second round. We had him and Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin. Those were the targets in the second round. If you're drafting wide receivers, and then you draft Taewon Taylor and Chad Williams in the third round, if you're drafting wide receivers. But as it turns out, now that we see how quickly Kenny Galladay is adapting to the NFL, we weren't bullish enough. It's very possible Kenny Galladay is the best wide receiver in this class, and it may not be close because there are no other wide receivers in this entire draft class that are scheduled to receive significant targets this season. Not Mike Williams. He's probably not going to play until October at best. Not Corey Davis. He's parked behind Rashard Matthews and Eric Decker. 
It's not John Ross. Have you heard from John Ross this preseason? No one has. He's been hurt, and right now he's behind A.J. Green, Brandon LaFell, and Tyler Boyd. Who is going to command a significant target share this year from this rookie class? It may or may not be Chris Godwin, but it and most likely it will be Kenny Galladay. And with this athletic profile, he should have been not only a first-round pick in Dynasty, a top-five pick in Dynasty rookie drafts. We all fucked up. No one was drafting Kenny Galladay soon enough. Not even us who had all the data in front of us. And the top receiver in this year's class, the number four drafted overall player in the NFL draft, same conference, Mac. So there is some support to the idea of Kenny Galladay. It is the Mac conference. That's what I said, the Mac conference. Yeah, it's the Mac conference. Why were you jamming me when I told you he was in the Mac conference? Because I was jamming you about the schedule that he played, and rightfully so. I don't have the schedule in front of me. I'm in my parents' bedroom. Why are you jamming me about Kenny Galladay's schedule? I told you he started his career at North Dakota, and then he played a Mac schedule, which is an underrated schedule. It's not that good of a schedule, number one, and I'm going to stick to that. Number two, when I brought up a schedule one time, you asked me who the person played, and you go, well, don't bring it up if you're not going to know. You brought it up. Let me tell you some of the names of the teams on this schedule. Wait, why are you doing this? Don't do this. Don't do this. We are advocating for Kenny Galladay. Do not diminish Kenny Galladay's prospect profile, not even for a second. I don't want to hear it. We need to celebrate a player. All these players are going down. Every player that I've been touting, particularly the late-round picks, with the exception of Cole Beasley, please God protect him, put him in bubble wrap, Cowboys coaches, everyone else we've ever talked about on this show as a potential late-round sleeper has gone down. So let's be happy that we at least have Kenny Galladay. Celebrate the player who's healthy and productive in preseason, and don't you dare! Dismiss his accomplishments. I like Kenny Galladay, but I'm telling you, okay, here's one thing, and we can move on from this topic. This is where the preseason antics take over. Look, three catches for 53 yards and two touchdowns. Look, it's fine. He's coming along well. It's not confirmation bias if it's simply confirming what you already believed. We're not out here data mining for more reasons to like Kenny Galladay. We're just consuming the information that's made public as it rolls in. And it's all positive about Kenny Galladay. So you have to consistently boost him up your rankings if all this new information that's coming in is confirming what you already believed. Preseason football confirms nothing for me other than opportunity. It absolutely can confirm A, health, B, role. Yes, C, usage. I agree. Get out of here with that preseason doesn't matter. Nonsense. Do you realize that you just didn't bring up at all talent ability? You brought up exactly what I said. We already know what Kenny Galladay's talent profile looks like because we have playerprofiler.com. And if you go to playerprofiler.com's player rankings, playerprofiler.com forward slash player dash rankings, you will see Kenny Galladay creeping up the dynasty rankings creeping up the dynasty rankings because we were already predisposed to like kenny galladay and we are only going to absorb all of this new news and the exceptional preseason performances as 
validation of his potential greatness. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't bring up that player profiler, though it may show his dominator rating. It may ignore the fact that his three largest games were against Wyoming, Ball State, and Toledo. He dropped 14 for 149 on Toledo. He played no SEC competition, no Pac-12 competition. I like him. I'm just saying it's one preseason game, and you should buy. He's showing the talent. There's the opportunity. He's got the athletic profile, but we haven't seen the skill set necessarily. I agree with opportunity. I agree with role. We're not going to disagree on any of this, but don't be surprised if even though we're seeing all this and the buzz is going this direction, if he didn't work out at all. I'm just putting that out there. I like Galladay, but let's pump the brakes a little bit. The whole league passed on him for how many rounds? Oh, pump the brakes, really? Really? Of course this is a Nate List-produced program. Wouldn't be complete without a lame cliche. Pump the brakes. Okay, Nate, I'll pump the brakes. Thanks for the warning. Pumping away. I mean, how many, okay, how many targets? Reasonably, right. This draft class has a bunch of guys that are behind incumbent number ones or difficult. There is no number one on the Lions. Golden Tate is best deployed as a complementary receiver not a primary receiver. Same with Marvin Jones. There's two complementary receivers, quality complementary receivers, on the Detroit Lions. They do not have a number one alpha dog on that roster until they drafted Kenny Galladay. Now they do. Yeah, I don't think we disagree on the fact that if you look at all the receivers drafted this year, Galladay has the best opportunity to have the most targets of all of them, but his ceiling... Of targets this year, I don't think it's that high. And we're not looking at 125 targets this year. We're not looking at We're expecting an Ebron breakout. We're expecting this backfield breakout. We're expecting Golden Tate to get his usual 115 targets. We're expecting Marvin Jones to get 90 to 110 targets. Galladay's in there. Galladay might be... Marvin Jones may not reach those target levels with the presence of Kenny Galladay and... The positive touchdown reversion we were hoping for from Eric Ebron may not come to fruition because Eric Ebron's touchdown lunch is in Kenny Galladay's mouth right now. Kenny Galladay is chewing as we speak. The Eric Ebron red zone target share lunch, and it's delicious. We Okay, we agree in a lot of places. I think the point that I'm trying to make about Galladay is don't buy right now. Use your imagination. How about get excited about someone for once? How about be positive? I like Galladay. Look, I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to tell people. You're not trying to be positive. You're actively trying to be negative. No, I'm not. Just hear me out. I am trying to make a case for why you do not buy Galladay right now. He's going to have plenty of down weeks. He's a rookie in the NFL that came from a small conference. No, he's not. He'll only have big weeks. He'll be boom after boom after boom after boom. I foresee very few non-WR2 in fantasy weeks from Kenny Galladay this season. I would be surprised if he doesn't outscore Demarius Thomas, Brandon Marshall, (laughs) others of that ilk. Others with similar speed scores, Kenny Galladay will likely outproduce all of them. I'm excited. Okay, he's not outproducing Demarius Thomas. Here's the deal. When Kenny Galladay strings together his three games of three for 21 yards and no touchdowns on five targets. 
then go buy him. Don't buy him right now after one preseason game where he scored two touchdowns on three total receptions. I like him. The buzz is insane right now. We've been shooting down half the other guys. You don't like Nelson Aguilar, former first-round pick, has the athleticism, had the college profile, just traded away Jordan Matthews. What does that mean? You know who else was drafted in the first round? Josh Doxson. So many. Kenny Galladay is this year's Josh Doxson, except he's healthy. Imagine Josh Doxson healthy on a team that doesn't have a true number one option. Well, that's Kenny Galladay. Both of these players were old draft picks because they transferred. So if we were not punishing Josh Doxson last season for being old at the time of being drafted, you can't punish Kenny Galladay for it because that's the only blemish you can find on that profile is that he was a 23-year-old draft prospect. Other than that, it's all green lights. I think we all beat up Josh Doxson for age, but let's move on. I want to ask you about something else. We, I don't want to have this debate right now. I want to ask you about another debate you had, a skirmish, perhaps a beef, some would call it. What happened recently with Benjamin Albright? What happened? What was that about? Benjamin Albright believes that a coup is brewing in the Jacksonville Jaguars locker room and that the pressure will be put on by midseason to bench Blake Bortles and the players are behind it. He wrote that on Twitter and one of his followers posted a video to our show where we talked about Chad Henney starting games for the Jacksonville Jaguars because obviously because Blake Bortles can't play and that's self-evident. And then Benjamin Albright became very defensive. He became very defensive and started beefing with me without me saying a thing. It's funny when someone starts beefing and lobbing grenades and you just sit there looking at your phone going, how did I get here? I haven't said a word to Benjamin Albright on Twitter. Never mentioned him in a tweet. I did casually mention that he was a complete and total fraud on the podcast. So that could only mean that Benjamin Albright listens to our show, but we don't listen to his. (laughs) I didn't know he had a show. (laughs) I don't know much about this person other than the fact that he's the lowest rent Adam Schefter wannabe (laughs) on Twitter.com today. Oh my gosh. But he has well over 30,000 followers who follow him for one week in March during free agency because they think he might know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows the Arizona Cardinals strength and conditioning coach and heard something that Benjamin Albright can just regurgitate. And here goes Benjamin Albright quote tweeting one of his followers giving us exposure to 40,000 people. Who are watching Benjamin Albright melt down completely unprovoked. And I just sat back looking at my phone and laughed and laughed and laughed. Thanks for the free publicity, Benjamin. You can see lots of people clicking on this Chad Henney video from six months ago now. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, from one beef to another, I didn't even know that there was one. So speaking of your beef, I think that Carl Safchik actually hates me. Like, I think, like, in his blood it boils, and he hates me. What did you do to Carl, man? I like Carl. What happened? You know, I think it went back to our episode and then some things before that. I've made jokes in the past about how I don't want my news from big media. I just want it from Carl Safchik. Then when Carl came on our show, I kept calling him Jeff Miller, the name that we're not supposed to mention. And then recently... 
something came up with Carl. There was a post by somebody, and I said, well, if Carl Safchik is not offended by this political post, then it is not newsworthy. My follower count dropped by one. I later clicked on Carl's name, and it said he was no longer following me. He since has not replied to my Twitter jabs. Um, I asked him if he hated me because I was a Jew. Of course, that's how I do business. What's wrong with right. you? What is wrong with you? I am on Team Carl. Good for Carl. He should have unfollowed you. All you're doing is trying to antagonize this individual, and you wonder why he eventually unfollows you when he feels like your whole existence is to provoke him. When you perceive that that's the individual's intentions, and that's the case with you, you have admitted now that you derive pleasure from provoking Carl Safchik on social media. Damn right he should unfollow you. He should block you. I mean, Carl Safchik's being nice. I would have blocked your ass. What's the difference between blocking somebody and muting me? You may as well mute me. Here's the deal. I would have actually, I, I, I'm lying. I wouldn't have blocked you. I would have quietly muted you. I think that's what Carl did. I think he, if he had just quietly muted you, he wouldn't be getting this free exposure on this podcast that goes out to tens of thousands of individuals who are going to hate us for not talking enough football. They're, they're going to hate themselves when they click that follow button on Carl and get 90% politics and 10% football. Whoa! Whoa! What? Nate? Yeah, that's right. So the thing with Carl is I'm either going to get this guy to mend this relationship with me or he's going to block me. What we're hearing now is Nate List trying to mend a relationship. I'm not good at this. Here's the thing, though. you got to understand what I'm about. He's been on the this show. This is the weakest olive branch i've ever witnessed being extended on a podcast i mean you're really bad at making amends the worst good thing we never fight no i just think that carl you know carl needs to be the bigger man and come to me and apologize and then we can mend our relationship just admit it just admit it carl unfollowed you and your butt hurt just admit it admit your butt hurt no your butt hurt look i'm not butt hurt i just think that carl should have at least said look nate you're a total douchebag, and I'm moving on. You're butthurt. I can't take it anymore. You're butthurt. I'm not butthurt. Bro, I'm not butthurt. You're very butthurt, bro. I am not. I'm a little butthurt. You are. You are. You just admitted it. You are butthurt. Just say it. It feels good. Just say it. No, no. It's just let's stop for a second. Relax. Take a breath. It feels very good. I know you're agitated right now, and Carl's getting his revenge. You agitated him. Now you're agitated. But tabla rasa, clear the slate here. You'll feel better. Carl will feel better. Just admit it, you're butthurt. Carl's the one who's butthurt. He's the one who's butthurt. <laughs> oh, come on, man. All right. I got another question for you. We got to move on from Carl, but I'm, I'm coming for you, bro. What do you mean by that? That's an empty threat. What do you mean it's an empty threat? You're terrible at beefing. When I'm not all in on a beef and you're out on your own skirmishing with other fantasy football analysts, it doesn't go well for you. Look, people know that I'm I'm jokes, man. I have fun. I don't take anything serious. You don't take many things serious. It's what makes this show good. Carl takes things too seriously at times. We're all, no, you sound like you're taking it very seriously. I'm not taking it seriously. I would argue that you're the one that sounds butthurt, not Carl. I would argue that you're butthurt right now. I'm moving on to the next topic. Tell me this, Matt. What's your thought on selfie sticks? I think they're fine. I think I wish I had invented it. And so do you, just like fidget spinners. You wish you had the idea. You need to accept it as a ubiquitous gadget 
that has proliferated our culture. Just accept it. What I won't accept, salad dressing. I Okay, now hold on. Just hold on a second. Hold on. If you're going to go in to a recipe, I'm going to lose my mind. Two episodes in a row, you told me you weren't going to do it. F- fooled me once. Shame on me. Okay? You did it twice. That was shame on you. Foodie pro tips. Oh, Jesus. From the pod father. Off we go. Salad dressing is for suckers. Go to my refrigerator. You will not see any salad dressing. Why? It's overpriced. It's unhealthy. And it's easily replicated at home. You can make your own salad dressing. Olive oil, balsamic vinegar. God. And the key, a little bit of sugar. But I guarantee the sugar you add to your homemade balsamic vinaigrette will have fewer grams of sugar than what you buy in the grocery store. Look at the bottle. A lot more sugar and saturated fat, even if it claims to be light. Want to make it even better? Add some Italian seasoning, some oregano, some dried basil, a delicious homemade balsamic vinaigrette. And you can go a step further. You don't even need to put dressing on salads. Buy some fresh salsa or make fresh salsa at home. Mix in some guacamole. Boom. Creamy, delicious Latin salad dressing. Muy bueno. It says Fantasy Football Podcast on iTunes, and I, I empathize with all of the members of the audience who hate our guts because we misrepresent this show. It's the best of both worlds. You've got these people out here that want to listen to something that's not football-related. They want to have fun on their drive to work or home, but they want the football, too. We give them we give them everything. It's a great show. It's a great format. People should love this. It's so self-involved. We spend half of our time talking about ourselves. That has to be maddening to the mainstream, casual fantasy footballer who just stumbles upon this show on iTunes and thinks they're going to get serious football talk for an hour. And we give them eight minutes. No, that was good. It just It's funny the way it ended. I mean, this episode, we, you know, we actually had some decent football in here. It, it ended up being more. This episode, this episode was backwards. We hit the cuisine last. Right as they were enjoying their football, the next thing they know, they're listening to us deconstruct the lamest Twitter beef of all time. Script radio. All right, man, later. Do a show. 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 You need to get pumped up, Nate. You've been tilting the beginning of shows in the past. We need to pump you up, buddy.
All right, here I go. I'm going to go now. Here I go. Go. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sonic Truth. Man, you get to a certain age, man. You don't You don't care. Well, you get to a certain age and you just start to knick-knack it up. It's what Jeff Miller did, but he started about 20 years earlier. <laughs> yes, yes. Run your own damn fantasy team. I don't care about you. The fate of your team doesn't matter. I don't care. My time is worth money. The werewolf sipping martini with a tuxedo doesn't look like the same character that would be raking hay. What are you talking about? Why does everything always devolve into you dismissing manual laborer in some foreign land? I did manual labor today. You're going to dismiss me? I just went up and down the rows of grass. No, but you did it in America. <laughs> Here we go. This is the roots. That's right. This is the, the red, white, and blue. Overworked. We're underpaid. Let's get market share. Raise those rates. Are you in the room that they're going to bed in? Are you serious? Show me the bed. I don't believe you. Kenny Galladay for real buying or selling. Oh my god. Benjamin Albright beef. Carl Savchik. Selfie six thoughts. Is this really? <laughs> it's amazing 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 how much activity happens on Maisie when news breaks I am the American dream but yes I was out on the tractor today bailing hay I did that the werewolf drinking a martini, wearing a tuxedo, also drives tractors. You just got to do it. One day I just decided, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. You got to do it. Do it. This is terrible radio. That is the worst. That is the worst motivational speech is awful. I am the, not a motivational speaker. I was trying to, you can see, I was up in the air, and I was like, this is going to motivate the people. You know, I feel like a renaissance man. And on one hand, I'm the everyman. And on the other hand, I'm, I'm sort of a moral authority in the industry. We're cutting a lot of that out. Oh, that was horrible. I'm horrible. I'm trying to cloak it in this sort of motivational pep talk, which fell flat because I'm an asshole. It's not my, it's not my thing, man. I, I'm better off raining down judgment from on high. That's that, right? That, that, that's that, that. They want fantasy football strategy. They want tips. They want sleepers. Strategy, tips, sleepers. Strategy, tips, sleepers. Strategy, tips, sleepers. Strategy, tips, sleepers. So what do we do? What do we do after a full year of giving you strategies, tips, and sleepers. 
in February, in March, in April, in May, in June, in July. What do we do in mid-August? In mid-August, we give those people the mainstream, knucklehead, cliche fantasy gamers. We give them a middle finger. And you're just going to have to eat it. Forrest Gump overrated. It doesn't matter if he's special needs or not. It doesn't matter if he's an astronaut coming back from the moon. You don't go out and be the best fisherman, the best soldier, the best ultramarathoner, the best college football player. Celebrate the player who's healthy and productive in preseason and don't you dare dismiss his accomplishments. I'm not butthurt. The Eric Ebron Red Zone Target Share Lunch, and it's delicious. I'm not butthurt. That he's the lowest rent Adam Schefter wannabe. <laughs> God. I'm not butthurt. I'm not butthurt. I'm not butthurt. They're, they're going to hate themselves when they click that follow button on Carl and get 90% politics and 10% football. Whoa! Whoa! What? Nate? I would argue that you're butt hurt.